This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. back for another edition of the nerd cave retro show my name is jason robbins and my name is derek diamond so how was your weekend my friend it was good uh celebrated my 36th birthday this past thursday so um this past saturday took a little impromptu trip to new orleans for the day Mm -hmm. so got to um got to have some really good food walk around the french market for a little bit of course, you know you have to go to Cafe Du Monde oh, yeah. when you go to uh, <laughs> when you go to New Orleans. So, got uh, got some beignets for the road, and it was a pretty quick trip, but it was it was fun. It, it was a pretty low key birthday, but I, I'm okay with it it being that way. Yeah. I'm getting too old to do a lot of stuff for my birthday. <laughs> I, I, everybody's been telling me around when you hit your mid 30s is when you're really gonna start to your body's gonna start betraying you, and that's yeah. pretty much how I feel every day now. So. <laughs> Yep, trust me, I know how you feel. Yeah, so uh yeah, that was about the the highlight of my week, that and getting uh editing for the feature done, which we're shooting the final two scenes this upcoming Sunday evening. And then after that, it'll just be uh, getting the editing done and hope this might be a little ambitious, but I hope to have everything done by like the end of September or early October. Wow, that'd be awesome. So we'll we'll see. But how about you? Uh, it was a good weekend. Me and Wally did our first episode of the Nerd Cave Retro News Dump this weekend, which is a Patreon exclusive for those of you who haven't joined our Patreon yet. That's uh, it's going to be uh, hopefully every week we can get one done. It just depends on whether or not there's a big news story or anything. But basically, what me and the uh, the official fact checker, Mister Wally Phelps, we talk about the big new uh, gaming news story. Of the week, and this first episode was all about the uh, Microsoft. Um, uh, what I don't think it was a lawsuit, but they they claim that Sony is uh, doing some payola to keep uh, to video game developers to keep their games off of Game Pass. So we had some things to say about that. Yeah, about uh, was it Cult of the Lamb? Yes, and actually we have a, yep. a news story about that here. In yep, the new segment. Um, that's that's pretty much it. It was a pretty chill weekend. And um, before we go into the news or anything, I do want to tell everybody that next week, uh, Monday the 29th, be here live at 6, uh, 6 p.m. Central. We have a giveaway next week, a huge giveaway from our friends over at VideoGameMonthly.com where they have given us a free five up box to give away to one of our listeners. So... If you want to be here, um, or actually, if, if you can't be here and you want to be in the drawing, just send us an email, nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Let us know you want to be in the uh, in the in the drawing, and if you're in the chat room as well, whoever's in the chat room, we'll put all you guys' names in a hat, and I'll draw it, and somebody, some lucky winner, is going to walk away with a free five-up box from video game, videogamesmonthly.com. And if you don't like free stuff, then... 
What are you doing with your life? So yeah, be here next week to win a free box. Yeah. Potentially win a free box. Also, next week's episode, we're going to do our uh, top five guilty pleasure games. So I can't (laughs) wait for that one. That's going to be so much fun. So send us your lists at nerdcaveretro gmail.com. Send us your list for your top five guilty pleasure games. And um, we'll uh, we'll read your list on the show next week. But uh, but I'm pretty much ready to go into the news. How about you? Let's do it. Here we go. Today's stories were submitted to us by Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. I am Rampage, and Mr. Armez Jackson. And uh, Rampage is in the chat room right now. And if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to NerdCaveRetro at gmail.com. And this first one is from Mr. I am the Rampage himself. This is an NCR News Dump update. Sony didn't pay to block Cult of Lamb from Xbox Game Pass, and this is from TrueAchievements.com. Uh, speaking on the Kind of Funny Games Daily podcast, Gary Witta said that he heard Sony had paid off publisher Devolver Digital to stop Cult of the Lamb from appearing on Xbox Game Pass. Um, somebody told me that part of the reason why Cult of the Lamb is not on Game Pass is Sony paid them to not put it on there. And uh, it will then incentivize you to not do any additional subscriber deals with competing platforms. Now, Cult of Lamb publisher Devolver Digital has weighed in. In a brief statement given to the gamer, Devolver Digital called the rumor absolutely untrue. Recently, as part of the fallout over Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard in Brazil, Microsoft accused Sony of paying developers and publishers to keep their games off of the Game Pass library. In a document sent to to Brazil's Administrative Council for Economic Defense, uh, Microsoft said Sony pays for blocking rights to prevent developers from adding content to Game Pass and other competing subscription services. Um, While that may be true in some cases, Devolver Digital is adamant that this did not happen with Cult of the Lamb. I feel like if I could use an analogy here, I feel like if we all lived in this nice suburban neighborhood, Sony and Microsoft would be the two neighbors that are trying to one up each other. Like <laughs> one like one buys, you know, the like the really expensive lawnmower, then the other has to buy one that's just a little more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like they're they're always fighting with each other for some reason. It's weird because they've been I, playing nice about certain things lately, but then stuff like this pops up and it's like, yeah, back to the same old crap. Yeah, and I I will say I don't know as much about this story as say you do. I, my initial thought was I I would be inclined to say that they didn't pay to keep you know Cult of the Lamb away from Microsoft, but I, if they if if they did, it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, even though Microsoft may have filed something against them, like, is it illegal? It might be in poor taste, but, and even still, if you're going to pay money to keep games off of these, uh, a competing platform, like, why not just pay them for exclusivity for a certain amount of time? Well, as we all know, money talks when it comes to everything these days. Like, if you, you can pay enough money, so... I, I don't know. I Like I said, I would like to think that they didn't, but if it turns out they did, would it shock me? No. No, because it's, like you said, it seems like once they start to kind of start playing nice with each other, something like this happens, and it's just back to, back to the neighbors fighting again. Yeah. So, who, who knows? I would be interested to play uh, Cult of the Lamb, though. 
I don't even know what it is. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I even, just that's the one thing I haven't looked up is what that game actually is. Yeah, just the the couple of screen caps I've seen it. It looks kind of fun. Our next story comes to us from our favorite site, NintendoLife.com. Bloodstained Ritual of the Night gets the Game Boy treatment. Uh, the act of demaking games has become a rather popular endeavor in recent memory, with Game Boy demakes on Twitter showcasing numerous impressive attempts to authentically recreate popular games with the handheld console's virtual aesthetics. The latest game to receive the treatment is the Castlevania-inspired adventure Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which released on the Switch in 2019. The game itself opted for a 2.5D approach to its visuals, which disappointed many fans at the time due to the obvious nods towards Konami's seminal masterpiece, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Uh, the demake showcases a few key mechanics from Ritual of the Night, including the map feature and damage indicators. The overall visual aesthetic is undoubtedly more in line with classic Castlevania titles on the Game Boy, including Castlevania The Adventure and Castlevania II Belmont's Revenge. And there's a few screen caps that you can see. Uh, it's also at Game Boy Demakes on Twitter. I kind of like this trend, if I'm being honest, like the, almost like the de-evolution of games into a more simplified version. But it actually yeah. looks really good. Like these screenshots, like I would play this. Oh, I would too. You know, that there's something to be said about that classic, simplistic black and white style of the original Game Boy. And to be honest, I think I would rather play that than the like the new version or like the original one. I don't know. I I I really like the Switch version of the game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not discounting that at all. I'm just saying that like the call it the nostalgia in me. But this this D make looks looks really cool. It does look really good. If I could get my hands on this, I would play it. I'm curious as to what game's going to get the D make treatment next. I don't know because I, I hope they keep doing it because it's we we've seen remasters and remakes of old games for more modern systems. Why not take a modern game and give it like the NES or the Super Nintendo treatment? I'm surprised. I it'd be done. really cool done like bro force or super meat boy oh that'd be cool that would be really cool bro force would look pretty pretty weird on game boy i'd be interested to see it though yeah i want to see it now that now that i (laughs) I think about it i want to see it make it happen uh from our next story is also from nintendolife.com classic nes title gimmick confirmed for release later this year uh, there's an update. Developer Bitwave Games has confirmed that Gimmick will be launching on the Nintendo Switch later this year under the title Gimmick Special Edition. This release will come with some bonus quality of life features, including save and load functions, a rewind feature, time attack mode, gallery mode, achievements, and more. It's also been confirmed that the game will indeed feature uh, Sunsoft's upcoming showcase, featured at Sunsoft's upcoming showcase due to start at 1 p.m. Uh, that was actually, I think, yesterday. Uh, the game will also be playable on the show floor at Gamescom later this month, followed by Tokyo Game Show in December. Um, say, doesn't have a price on here. Uh, it was originally uh, released in uh, was available in Japan, 1992, before making its way to countries in the Scandinavian region in '93 where it was known as Mr. Gimmick. It was released in Japan in 2002 for the PlayStation before getting a remake for the XA Arcadia Arcade System, say that five times fast, in 2020. 
It originally released to little fanfare, with critics claiming the game would be far too difficult for younger audiences to appreciate. In recent years, however, retrospective analysis has deemed the title to be incredibly underrated, with many praising its graphics and unique level design. So I watched the trailer for this a little while ago. It screams Kirby. Like, you can tell the inspiration. It it looks very much like her, which is not a bad thing. It it makes me actually want to play it, and I... I want to say the title of this sounds vaguely familiar, like I've heard of this before, but I kind of want to play it. I, I think I will, this. because it's. I, I like the Kirby games. I think they're a lot of fun. This looks almost like a spiritual successor to that franchise. Yeah. What year did but, Kirby come out? It was the same year, wasn't it? 93 for the NES I, or the Game Boy? When did the, what was the first Kirby game? I want to say it was Kirby's Dreamland for the Game Boy. Yep, uh, 1992. Okay, so it was a year before this came out. And it was it was originally made by Sunsoft, the original publisher, and Sunsoft was known for some great games back then. Yeah, I'm curious to see how this is. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Like a good old-school platformer. Yeah. Let's see, our final story, and we've been waiting for this. Hmm. Uh, from MyNintendoNews.com, the full list of Mega Drive Mini 2 games available now. By now, you're likely very aware of the Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive Mini 2. Sega's been gradually revealing the games that will be included in it. This time, there's going to be some games that originally released on the Sega CD. That said, we have the full uh, batch of games, which brings the total number to 60, which is... Really cool. It's a lot of uh, games. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of games. Uh, the Mega Drive Mini 2 will be releasing on October 27th in North America and Japan. I'm not going to go through all the games, but I'll just hit on uh, several of them. We have Afterburner 2, Alien Soldier, Atomic Runner, Clay Fighter, Earthworm Jim 2, which I'm probably going to review sooner rather than later, uh, Fatal Fury 2, Golden Axe 2, Hellfire, Lightning Force, Quest for the Dark Star, Outrunners, Fantasy Star 2, Populous, Ranger X, The Revenge of Shinobi, uh, Rystar, uh, Rolling Thunder 2, Shining Force 2, Sonic 3D Blast, Splatterhouse 2, Streets of Rage 3, Super Hang On, Super Street Fighter 2, The New Challengers, Toe Jam and Earl and Panic on Funkatron, which I feel like I'd have to review as well, uh, Vector Man 2, Virtual Racing, those are just several of the the Genesis and Mega Drive games. Uh, Mega CD will include Echo the Dolphin, Echo the Tides of Time, Final Fight CD, The Ninja Warriors, Night Trap, Sewer Shark, Shining Force CD, and Sonic the Hedgehog CD. So 60 games is a lot. And I think that's, it's going to make it worth the price. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is the heavy hitters of the, the Sega Genesis. Like I never had a Sega Genesis, but I know every single one of these games on this list. Yeah, this I'm going to pre-order this, and I I can't wait to start playing it. It's going to give us a lot of good content for <laughs> later this year and into 2023. You're going to have to review Sewer Shark. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they're going to if it's going to be like the original, or if they're going to kind of up-res it those CD titles a bit because they were pretty ugly back in the day. I hope they take the time to clean them up a little bit. Because, you know, it's got Night Trap on here, and I got the Night Trap remaster for the Switch, 
even though it's a terrible game, looks great. It's an HD. It's I mean it 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 looks like a horrible eighties sitcom that you're playing, but at least it was up But man, originally, like I don't know if you remember the Sega C D, but I had a buddy of mine that had one in high school and we played Sewer Shark and, and Night Trap and it was like you and he had a uh a big screen TV back then which back in 1993 a big screen TV was what like 35 inches <laughs> whatever but the the actual uh video for the game was like it was like a postage stamp like it was so compressed yeah they they weren't great looking because I, I remember playing Sonic CD and I remember even the graphics for that didn't look as good as like the Genesis versions. Yeah. So hopefully they took the time to clean them up a little bit. If not, we're going to be in for a fun ride, my friend. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but uh, that'd be nice if they do clean them up. I, I hope they do because, like I said, the originals just did not look great. I really hope that after this comes out, and if it does well, which I I hope that it does, they do a mini Dreamcast and Sega Saturn, like we've talked about, because that would be really cool. And you could even throw in some of like the old 32X games that likewise would probably never see the light of day. Oh, yeah. But we'll but, see. But I'm excited for it. Um, I might have to put down my uh, my pre-order here pretty soon. Yeah, I plan on doing the same. And uh, next, uh, that's it for the news. We are about to go into this month in video game history. On August 28th of 1987, Konami releases Castlevania II, Simon's Quest in Japan, the second Castlevania title released for the NES, and was actually the first Castlevania game I ever played, which was really confusing when I went back and played the original. Like, wow, this original is so much better. But I have gotten a, a more of an appreciation for Castlevania 2 in recent years. It's always interesting to go back and play the original after, like, if you start with a sequel. Like, for me, I played Sonic 2 before I went back and played Sonic 1. Yeah. But that it's weird that the original was so much better than the sequel. Because you would think yeah, it was such a departure from the original. Yeah, that's that's always the risk you take, though, when you have, like, a formula that works, and you're like, oh, we'll try something a little different. But, they, you know, they were known for doing that. Like, at the time, you know, it was, it was kind of like the Zelda 2 of the, the Castlevania franchise. I don't know if I'd say it's that bad. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if you are going to go back, and, and I do highly recommend people go back and play the original Castlevania games, especially one through four, you know, those first three for the NES, and then you had four, which was basically a remake of one for the Super Nintendo. But if you do go back and play Castlevania 2, please use a walkthrough. It makes it so much more fun to know what you're doing because, like, we've talked about this before, the the clues in the game are so bad because, you know, the original game was in kanji, and kanji uses way less letters than the English language, so that's why you got really horrible translation to the American version. You're like, what does that mean? Like, that doesn't make any sense. So if you're using a walkthrough, it makes the game so much better. 
Well, the bad translation can make it fun in a way, but also it's like, yeah, it's kind of frustrating. Yeah. Uh, August of 1990, Atari Games releases Pit Fighter for arcades using digitized live actors, which is really cool because basically they used real actors to create the fighting movements um, over blue screen, and that's what they used mm. in the game. Did you ever? Which play is Pit actually Fighter? pretty cool. Did you ever play it in the arcade? I did not, but I I know of it because of that specific reason, the fact that they used real actors and not just completely computer-generated. Well, the actual arcade version was so much better than the home releases, like the Sega Genesis version and the Super Nintendo version. Those are absolutely awful, the home ports. But if you can get your hands on playing an actual arcade version of that game, it was the... I basically like to think of that game as the prototype for Mortal Kombat. I would agree with that. Let's see. August 23rd of 1991, Nintendo releases Super Mario World and F-Zero along with the SNES in North America. Super Mario World was the original pack-in game for the Super Nintendo. The game introduces the Yoshi character to the Mario series. Still, to this day, one of the greatest video games ever made. Where would you rank the Super Nintendo on your list of consoles? Oh God, it's got to be. Uh, it's def. It's still there at number two. I mean, the original Nintendo is always going to be my number one. But the uh, I don't know this. The, the Super Nintendo is runs a very very close second. As a lot of people ask me why the Super Nintendo is my favorite console, and games like. Super Mario World and Link to the Past are big reasons why. Mm -hmm. But you just, you look at that library and it's so good from Mario Kart, which we're about to talk about, F-Zero, the original Star Fox, all the Mario games, you had Mario All-Star, so you could go back and play the original NES games with improved graphics. Like, the Super Nintendo had something for everybody, like the countless RPGs, like Earthbound, um, Secret of Mana, Chrono Trigger. It's just the library speaks for itself on why oh, yeah. that console is so good. It's crazy that it's, you know, it's well, tomorrow, if you're watching this live or the night it comes out, is about to turn uh, 30, 31 years old. I think I just aged about 10 years when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's. The Super Nintendo is always going to hold a special place for me because it's it's the console I played the most yeah, growing and, up. And you hit it the nail on the head, too. If you're an RPG fan, man, the Super Nintendo is the console you need to get because those it was just overflowing with with the the especially like the JRPGs, like the uh, the Japanese RPGs. They were just it, it was lousy with our with those. <laughs> back then and you go back and play them now and they still hold up like crazy mm-hmm and rampage nope, in the chat right. room says you're not gonna get me to play castlevania 2 ever look <laughs> i played final fantasy for you guys so you could play castlevania 2 at least once that means all things are possible rampage yes. <laughs> <laughs> and our last story for this month in video game history. We just mentioned it a minute ago. August 27th of 1992, Nintendo releases Super Mario Kart in Japan, the first in the Mario Kart series, creating the mascot slash go-kart subgenre 
of racing games. So we're about to hit the 30-year anniversary of Mario Kart. <laughs> and when it comes to spinoff titles, it's got to be number one. Because look at the sequels and the amount of money that Mario Kart has made Nintendo. Yeah. I wonder what is the... the... What is the the series with the most sequels and spinoffs? I mean, I would think it has to be Mario. Just Mario himself as as the character, like from for all the franchises and games that have spun off just from him. Well, you think of Mario Kart. You have Mario Tennis, Mario Golf, Mario Strikers. You have might be right. You've got the Super Mario Brothers like main titles. Then you have Mario Land. You know there there's there's just a lot. You have the Galaxy games. <laughs> I think it's I, yeah, to it's me it has be. to be Mario because I can't think of anything else that has that many spinoffs and sequels and franchises off of one thing. But I I, I think. Mario Kart to me has to be the most successful spinoff. I'm sure of of it because just, I mean, the games are still going. It's one of the most popular genres. Like whenever you think of a racing game, what's the first one that comes to mind? And it's the reason we can't get a damn F Zero game. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I brought it up. Ah, <laughs> that wound still stings. <laughs> uh, that that's my fault. That's. Brought the mood down here on the Nerd Cave Retro Show. <laughs> uh, before we go into the review for tonight, Derek, would you like to do the honors of of shouting out our patrons? Absolutely. We like to shout out our awesome patrons we have over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Shout out to Daniel Salmon, Tyler Watson, Axeblade07, Armes Jackson, Hand Solo, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. Rampage! Rampage. Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Mike Eveland, Brandon Rutledge, and Mr. Joey Image. Thank you all so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on for us here at the Nerd Cave Retro Show. If you sign up for our Patreon, you get early access to our fun commentary tracks that we do every month, which this upcoming weekend... We're going to do a commentary track for a show that I've been waiting months to do. (laughs) Uh, We're going to watch, I believe, what, the first episode of Cobra Kai? Yeah, we're going to do the first episode of Cobra Kai. It's going to be a little bit shorter commentary this month just because we're all three so so busy because of its stupid summertime. But uh, I think once August is over, we'll get back to a regular normal schedule. Yeah, I think so too. And then you also get, you know, we've done so many fun shows like, Full House, Family Matters, Gargoyles, uh, Batman the Animated Series, full movies like Clue and Christmas Vacation. We've got a ton of variety, so plenty of stuff for you to go back and listen to. You get access to the new uh, weekly Patreon-exclusive show with Jason and Wally, the Nerd Cave Retro News Dump, Mm -hmm. which you can go. If you want to sign up, you can check out the first episode of that. Uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro for as little as $1 a month. And for new patrons, send us your social media info, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, so we can give you a proper shout out. We want to tell you all about our friends over at videogamesmonthly.com. If you're looking for a way to beef up your video game collection, then they have you covered. Just head over there. 
pick the box you want and tell them what systems you want games for and boom it's like christmas every single month so if you're looking for that perfect gift for a loved one or just treating yourself every single month and i mean hey you deserve it just head over to videogamesmonthly.com and enter ncr in the where did you hear about us line at checkout and you will get a free game in your first month's box that's right an extra game absolutely free so head over to videogamesmonthly.com are you a coffee lover do you sometimes need that little extra boost for some all-night gaming sessions well you should head over to brezcoffeeco.com they have so many different flavors of coffee doesn't matter what type of coffee you like they got you covered Try the Good For Gaming Roast, or the Two Hardies One Ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate flavored roast. Not to mention, they keep their seasonal flavors all year long, like the Fall Spice or the Sweet Tooth. They can even add flavors to your coffee. So whatever you need, head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the code NCR for 10% off of your order. And tonight, I'm going to be talking about... Hey, hey, come on over, have some fun with Crazy Taxi! I didn't mean to make you do a spit take there, there Derek. <laughs> oh, are, that was great. You are not prepared. <laughs> I'm going to have to clip that out. I want to play that again cause, just because it's funny. Hey, yeah. come on over. Have some fun with Crazy Taxi. I'm going to have to clip that out and just use that. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> crazy Taxi. So if you haven't figured it out from that little clip, Crazy Taxi. It's a series of racing video games developed by Hitmaker and published by Sega. First game appeared in arcades in 1999 and was uh, very successful, prompting Sega to port the arcade version to their Dreamcast console in 2000. It is the third best-selling Dreamcast game in the United States, selling over a million copies. It was later ported to PlayStation 2, the GameCube, and PC, with sequels also appearing on Xbox, Game Boy Advance, and PlayStation Portables. Um, so I did play a lot of of Crazy Taxi over the last couple of weeks, especially when I first got the, the Dreamcast from our good friend Joey Image. One of the first games I popped in was Crazy Taxi, and I played it over this past weekend. And uh, it's basically, uh, just to kind of boil it down, it's 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 almost like a proto version of GTA, where you get your choice of four different taxis, four different taxi drivers. Each taxi kind of has its own kind of handles a little differently. Like some of them are faster than others. Some of them are uh, handle a little bit better, take corners better. You know, they kind of have their little tweaks and, and stuff here and there. Uh, but basically what you do in this game is you just pick up, uh, you pick up fares and you get them to their destination as fast as you can. It's kind of like a, it's a time, it's a time attack game, if that makes any sense, where you pick up a person you have a game timer, which you have like a minute on the game timer or however much it is. You pick up a person, and for every time you get them to their destination, the faster you get them there, the more time you get added to the clock. But if you, you know, if you're too slow getting to your destinations or you get, you know, you have wrecks and, and stuff like that, like you can bang into other cars and, you know, sometimes you get lost here and there. Um, you, of course, your timer is 
steadily going down. And if you don't get them to their destination in time, game over. And so that's basically the gist of the game. You have a couple of different game uh, modes you can play. Like you can do arcade, which like I said, it's like you have a game timer and you just have to keep picking up fares until you eventually just run out of time. Um, And then you have like a five minute. You can play for five minutes and do as many fares as you can. You can play for ten minutes, do as many fares as you can. And of course, you're always trying to get a high score. You're trying to get a good driver rating. And you try to, um, you know, get your, like I said, your driver rating up. You know, you have A through F, I think. And uh, you get uh, tips and stuff for doing, like, crazy jumps and things like that. Uh, and, and it's funny because wherever you go, your your um, your passenger is always, like, screaming at you. Like, if you hit other cars, they're like, watch out, you know, stuff like that. And then if you make a good jump, they start screaming, like, woohoo and you get a big tip for making a cool jump stuff like that so it's it's basically just chaos but it's so fun to play yeah and it's a game that i never really mastered so i didn't play this for the dreamcast i played it for the gamecube uh back in the day but the the thing about this game that makes it so fun is that you don't really have to master it yeah in order to have fun because like you mentioned with the timer, there's that little sense of urgency that you always have, which creates more chaos. And I, I love the fact that they added that you get tips from the, the passengers by doing just really crazy stuff. Yeah. Pun intended. But <laughs> yeah, th- this is uh, the funny thing is, and because I, I was thinking about this today, um, you know, you have games like this that were available for multiple consoles, but you normally associate it with a specific one. Yeah. Even though I played it for the GameCube, I always think of the Dreamcast when I think of Crazy Taxi because I felt like when I saw it advertised, that's kind of what they were going for was the Dreamcast. And it it worked because, as you said, it was the third best-selling game in that console's run. And like you said, just I'd never played this before, like on the PlayStation or anything. But I can tell you one thing: it plays really well on the Dreamcast. Like the controls are just like they are so optimized. It's it's it was just really fun to play. It wasn't convoluted. It was just it was really um, it was very intuitive. Uh, and it just handled really well. Like it was just optimized for for that game console. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the console it plays best on. Because I, I remember it played well on the GameCube. I didn't play it for you know PS2 or the Xbox 360 or any other console, but I I could see that. And you can play it using either either the D pad or the uh, the analog stick. Stick either one works really well it's just whatever your your preference is yeah it's it's been so long since i played a dreamcast controller but that's that's really cool that that it can do that but yeah this is one of those games that you don't you don't have to have a ton of skill with it because even if you're not that great at it it's still so much fun because it's like you said it's it's mass chaos (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> from the moment you start. Yeah, there's and, no... And, and we've talked about this before, you know, going back and playing these older games like this. There's no kind of, like, story mode or anything like that. this. It's, like, it's just straight up, get in there, try to get as many fares as you can, 
and you run out of time, and then you just start all over again. So it's just keep doing it over and the say you know over and over again, and the fun lies in just trying to find you know playing the different cars, and you know they're different the way they they all handle some and the like just trying to find all the cool jumps and stuff you can make like that therein lies the fun. Yeah, and normally, you know, I talk about how much I love story modes and there should always be an option for that. This is one that I would say is an exception. It doesn't really need it. (laughs) Well, what would you do with a crazy taxi storyline? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe you could do like where you have to play all four characters and each one of them has, you know, they have to do make a certain amount of money by the end of the day to like save the taxi company or something weird like that, you know? Cause any storyline that I could think of, I just think uh, it's a little too close to, to GTA. Yeah. But that wouldn't be a bad idea, but uh, honestly, this game doesn't need a storyline. Honestly, I would love like, to see a remake of this game in the GTA engine. I think it would be so fun. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I don't but, need the story mode, but what you could give me is the 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 way the quality of life improvements that we have for games like this, like with with racing games, like where you get your money and then you put it right back into the car, like crazy paint jobs, you know, suspension, uh, different tires, things like that, like little things to to like beef up your ride to make it better. Well, that adds some replayability to it, too, because it, it gives you a motivation to keep doing it. Because that's what the stuff I think about when I go back and play these old games, especially ones that I never really played before. Like this, while I'm playing it, I'm thinking, what could you do to this game to bring it into a more modern setting and make it more more palatable for uh, a modern gamer? And that would be the stuff that I would want to want to do is like have all the crazy taxi stuff, have destructible environments. You still kind of have that a little bit where you can like run over, you know, garbage cans and things like that. But have completely like destructible environments, <laughs> like actual ha- have actual damage done to your car when you wreck and things like that. But be able to get enough money to. Uh, you know, put your car in the garage like in GTA or, you know, Need for Speed or anything like that and do improvements to your car. You got me wanting a new Crazy Taxi game. And you, you could, it would be a great multiplayer game, too. Like, you could have not sort of a Battle Royale thing where you have, like, 10 minutes to get in, like, a Battle Royale setting where you have the city, but you got all these different people in there playing these crazy taxis and you're picking up fares, and whoever has the most money at the end wins the, that round. I've got it. Crazy Taxi 99. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> talk it just gives chaos. me anxiety to think about it. <laughs> talk about chaos. That would be way too much for me. Yeah, I I don't think my I would have just major sensory overload if that happened. But, but I, yeah, that that would be really cool if you have a crazy taxi game where like you're in this this hub world mm-hmm. and you have like I don't know up to a certain amount of people and you just like you said try and raise as much money as possible within like a certain time limit. Like I I think that would that would be a really cool multiplayer 
you know, competition type aspect to it. And like I said, have the destructible environments, have, uh, you know, damage be done to your car to where like if you sort of like uh, destruction derby, where if you see other taxis like in the road, you can actually knock them off the road and, and disable their car like that would just be so fun to me. I'd get it. I mean, you got me wanting me to go back and play the original. I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't played it since since the GameCube days. It's just straight up mindless fun, is all it is. Well, and that's the great thing too, is that not every game has to be this, you know, in depth, dramatic, like compelling story, like a like a Zelda or a Final Fantasy. Like you can have games that you just hop right in and you just do a bunch of crazy stuff mm-hmm. pun intended yeah and it's one of those games you can play for for five minutes or you can play for five hours just you know you just it's one of those just jump in and play type of games you don't have to worry about you know where was i where did i leave off or whatever you just jump into you know arcade mode and pick up some fares and make some crazy jumps and destroy stuff and and get back out like really fast there's there's nothing more to it than that you mentioning five minutes or five hours what was the longest like sitting you had playing this game leading Uh, up to the review i think about two hours i sat and played it um i played it for about an hour yesterday and i think the first day i played it i played it for about two hours straight that's a good amount of time for Crazy Taxi because it's, yeah. it's one of those games that you can very easily get lost in because you, with that sense of urgency that you have, you know, with you got your main timer and then you've got your secondary timer when you pick up a passenger, if they have to be at a certain location by a certain time, you're just like you're dialed in. Yeah. And the next thing you know, it's like, oh, it's time to go to bed. And I'm mostly I just played with one single driver, but yesterday when I played for a, for about an hour, I just I basically played all four drivers just to see um, what the differences in all the cars were, and you can tell little subtle differences in each car, which is like like I said, if you were to do a modern version of this game, you could have more of a, a differentiation between the cars and the drivers. Yeah. I, that'd be something I, I would add if we did, or if there were to be another Crazy Taxi game, is maybe have you know eight different drivers, yeah, with eight different types of cars. And you could do character or more. creator too, or you just you know make yourself yeah. and put it in the game. Have the Nerd Cave Retro Crazy Taxi team. <laughs> yeah, it would be awesome. Another thing that was cool about this game was the amount of uh, uh, the the actual businesses, the the licenses that they had in this game, like you're taking people to actual places like Pizza Hut, Kentucky Fried Chicken. um, What else did they have? Tower Records. (laughs) There was a Tower Records in there. Like, this is really... How much did they pay to put these in the game? Another thing I would add, too, is that if, if, say, you had the license to put all these different, you know, businesses and eateries and whatnot... If somebody recommends to go somewhere like a KFC, you could be like, "Now you know what? You need some Popeyes in your life. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's better. Why don't you go there instead?" And they're like, "Okay, we'll go to Popeyes." And pretty good soundtrack to the game too. You know, this kind oh, of yeah. that uh, late '90s, early 2000s 
uh, punk rock, uh, uh, you know, a lot of pop punk bands. Like you had stuff like uh, Offspring, uh, Bad Religions in there. And I'm pretty sure that uh, it would be hard to redo this game with the the, the music licenses. Uh, you would have to do... I mean, I'm wondering how GTA does it. I, and that would be another thing you could do if you did a remake of this game, to have it where you could change the, the radio stations and have the different radio stations on there. Yeah, that's another reason why I liked this game growing up was because it was like the music of my teenage years. Yeah. So it, it's it just it it appealed to me in so many different kind of ways, just with like the the mass chaos, which was such a sharp contrast from playing, you know, like the, the RPGs and the Zeldas and whatnot of the Super Nintendo and N64, um, like we talked about earlier. So it was just such a cool change of pace. And then you add in legit songs that I would listen to on the radio or on CDs. It, it's just a recipe for you know, a really good game. Yeah, and they actually have the uh, the actual playlists for the soundtrack on YouTube. So if you want to look those up and, and play the soundtrack, they, they have a bunch of them on YouTube. It actually was hard for me to actually find that clip of just the, you know, this guy. Oh, why is he not playing? Why is he? Why can't I hear it? That's weird. Oh, this guy. <laughs> hey, hey, come on over. Have some fun with Crazy Taxi. It took some digging to actually find that. Just the actual, you know, game music sounds. Because everything on YouTube is like, here's the game soundtrack. And it's all the bands that are that are actually on the game soundtrack. That soundbite makes me think of every, like, obnoxious morning talk show <laughs> I would listen to on the radio in the mornings. <laughs> But yeah, I don't have too much more to say about the game. It's just mindless, dumb fun. And if that's your, if that's something you're looking for, I highly recommend this game because it's so fast-paced. It's easy to get into. It's easy to understand. The controls are easy. You know, you only you, you know, your right trigger, uh, gas, left triggers, brake, and you can uh, hit uh, whatever the, what would be the. B button normally is switch between uh, forward and reverse, like drive and reverse. And that's all you got to worry about. And then really just you go and go as fast as you can, make as many crazy jumps as you can and get to your destination as fast as possible. Well, a lot of people might not know about this, but there were actually several sequels for this game too. So you had crazy taxi two, which came out in 2001 Crazy Taxi 3 High Roller, which came out uh, for the Xbox in 2002. Crazy Taxi Catch a Ride for Game Boy Advance, which came out in 2003. Crazy Taxi Fair Wars, which I love that title, uh, came out in 2007 for the PlayStation Portable. You don't hear much about the PlayStation Portable anymore. <laughs> uh, Crazy Taxi City Rush came out in March 2014 for iOS and Android. And then you had Crazy Taxi Tycoon, which was also a, a mobile app game, which was released in 2017. So it's still 
it's still around, even though there hasn't been a, a console version in a long time. It's still yeah. living on in the world of mobile apps. Uh, the Crazy Taxi Tycoon is actually an uh, like a top-down endless business management simulator, so it's kind of like SimCity. Okay, cool. It's kind of interesting, but uh, I, I would imagine that if you were to redo, make a remake of Crazy Taxi, it would actually make a pretty good uh, mobile game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this this would be a great mobile app game if you made it more like the original. It'd be uh, really fun. There, there's uh, Looking at this little section here, uh, beyond video games, see, uh, in addition to the video game, video arcade game, Sega created a Crazy Taxi-themed redemption game, which was released in 2003. The player had to roll their coin or token down the sloped playing surface past a moving taxi model in the center of the playing field in order to hit one of the eight targets on the far end. Different passengers were worth different points, from which the operator would then set the number of tickets to be won. The game incorporated the music and sounds from the video game. Interesting. It's weird. Uh, there have been two attempts to create a movie based on the Crazy Taxi franchise. In 2001... Goodman Rosen Productions acquired the rights for the movie with Richard Donner lined up to direct the film. Donner I would have that watched that movie in a heartbeat. Me too. He <laughs> said that he loved playing Crazy Taxi, thought it had the potential to be a big summer event movie. The movie would have been tied to uh, with other franchise items such as t-shirts and toys, uh, according to Jane Thompson, director of licensing for Sega. Let's see. Um, then after this option expired, Mindfire Entertainment acquired the rights in 2002 uh, with an ex then expected release date of mid-2003. No further news on the film has been forthcoming afterwards. Give me a Taika Waititi <laughs> screenplay and directed Crazy Taxi movie, and I will show you money. Yeah, I think he would, uh, he would be the perfect person to do a Crazy Taxi movie. I would love that. I'm, I'm a little well. I, I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but with the success of like the Sonic movie, and I know Uncharted had some mixed reviews, but it still did pretty well at the box office. If we if we see a trend of video game movies, I Maybe. wouldn't be shocked <laughs> if somebody tries it. I mean they they made a movie adaption of Rampage. Yeah. So why not Crazy Taxi? I don't know with Richard Donner. Richard Don. I would have. Would love to have seen a Richard Donner crazy taxi movie. Because that would have gotten people to go see it yeah, because just, you're like, if somebody like with like real credibility yeah. directed it, you're like, oh, this might actually be good. Just I'll go his see name that. alone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, reception for the game, let's see. We have um, the Metacritic reviews are at 90%. For uh, let's see, you got uh, the Dreamcast. Uh, let's see for the um, let's see eighty out of a hundred for the PS2. Um, there are no Metacritic reviews for uh, or Metacritic for Dreamcast, but it is at ninety percent on game rankings. Uh, Sixty nine out of a hundred on GameCube must not have been a good version of the game if it's only sixty nine out of a hundred. I mean, I I enjoyed it personally from what I remember, but I also haven't played it in nearly twenty years. So, 
and on PC it's only at 56%. So that's a that's a 50-50 right there. I just I was never a PC gamer. I played very few games on the PC. I did in the 90s and then of course I play a lot more the last couple of years, but around this time I wasn't playing uh PC games. But if you're going to play this, I, I highly suggest you get it for the Dreamcast. If you have a Dreamcast, or if you have a way to emulate it, that's probably the definitive version of this game to play. Yeah, I, I would say so. And kind of what we were saying at the beginning of the review, you could tell this was really marketed for the Dreamcast. So oh, yeah. I, I would recommend that. But uh, as far as my my score go goes out of 10, I mean, it's just crazy... You know, stupid, mindless fun. There's nothing, you know, not, you're not going to get, you know, a hundred hours of, of, you know, story out of it or anything, but it gets just for what it is, it gets, I would say a 7.5 out of 10. It's a, it's a really good, just afternoon waster is what it is. I would agree with that. I, I think seven and a half is right. But, uh, but that's going to bring us to the end of the review and the episode. So, Derek, what is going on with the Feature Presentation Podcast? So, I'm going to be flying solo tonight. Um, I had planned to do this last week, but my brain was really practically non-existent, so I took the week off. Um, plus, my guest for this week had to postpone until next month. So, I'm going to be doing an exclusive first look at uh, my uh, latest movie called The Feature. Um, I'm going to be talking a little bit about, you know, kind of the behind the scenes, how filming went, and uh, show some uh, screen caps from the movie. You're not going to see them anywhere else. I'm not going to post them on social. You're going to have to watch on YouTube to actually see them. So that'll be tonight at 8 p.m. Central Time on the Feature Presentation YouTube channel. You can find the link uh, on social media at Feature Pres Pod. And if you want to follow what's going on with the movie, it's at The Feature Movie on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And go check us out over on the Open Micers podcast at Open Micers on Twitter and Instagram. This last Friday, we talked to Mr. Jonathan Mangus, who you might know as the voice you hear announcing on Let's Make a Deal. He's uh, best friends with Wayne Brady, and he's also been on Whose Line Is It Anyway a bunch of times. So that was a fantastic conversation with him. Go check it out at Open Micers uh, on Twitter. And that is going to bring us to the end of the episode. Is there anything else we need to throw out there before we leave this evening? Don't forget to watch live next week to win a free box courtesy of yeah. video games monthly and we'll be doing our top five guilty pleasure games so send us your lists that's your homework for this week you know email us your top five lists top five guilty pleasure games and let us know if you want to be entered into the drawing and if you, if you can't be here but if you can be here be here live next monday when we give away the five up box from video games monthly.com and on that note Let's get out of here. If you would like to email us, email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Facebook, 
or actually just go to nerdcaveretro.com that takes you to our link tree takes you to all our socials and of course it takes you to our merch page ncrmerch.com get t-shirts bags mugs anything you need right over the stickers buttons whatever you need ncrmerch.com and of course patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro for as little as a dollar a month which is crazy with from all the content we give you for a dollar a month you can't beat that with a stick so if you want to get that those extra episodes head over there at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and of course leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free so Derek please tell them what it's all about have some fun with crazy taxi (laughs) 